0: We all love games. It's a thrill to choose an avatar that represents who you are and lets you explore yourself. Some of us make avatars that are close to how we see ourselves, and some of us create characters that are totally different from us. How do you choose to play? On today's show, we'll be talking about RPGs, representation, and escapism. Welcome to Replay, the show that invites you to join us at the game table. I'm your host, Clara Mount. On Replay, we are building a more inclusive community by creating a space for underrepresented gamers and their allies to share their voice. We'll tell stories about our experiences and provide new perspectives that challenge our community to think a little differently about who we are and what we do. Replay is a Victor Media Group original. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Today we're talking with Anna Stavropoulos, art lead for EA's Madden Mobile. She's been on this team for four years, and before that she worked on some projects with independent game developer Primal Math. She also holds a master's degree in interactive entertainment from the University of Central Florida. Anna, welcome to Replay.
1: Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Clara. Um, it's, it's fine. You left off all of the, the orphans I saved, all of the puppies I kissed. I don't know. Hi.
0: <laughs> Isn't it the other way around? You save the puppies, kiss the orphans?
1: I mean... If that's the way you want to do it. I am not, this is not a judgmental podcast, everybody. Hi, I'm Anna.
0: Hey. Well, welcome to the show. Um, so our first segment, we're going to kick off with For the Love of the Game, and this is all about you and gaming. So.
1: I do love those things. You do? I'm excited, yeah. Perfect.
0: Um, so what is, in your opinion, what is the number one reason that people should care about games?
1: Oh, man. I feel like this is such a good question to start off with, but also a very loaded one. People are so passionate about this kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, why do why do games matter to people, and why should they care about them? Um, I think that it, it definitely fulfills a role for um, you know ho- hobbies, obviously, but also for mental health. That I think goes beyond just the passive experience of movies or, or books. Um, those kind of media, although instrumental to excellent storytelling, certainly. Um, it feels, at least for me, like a, a one-way relationship from art- auteur to audience. And and games definitely require an active participant, right? So yeah. like, like for example, um, I, I feel like it's it's different to watch a movie, um, you know, and you, you relate to the character as best you can, but I think there's, there's another step of immersion. If you care about that kind of thing, if you like absorbing that kind of, you know, fun content, um, when your hand is literally forcing the hand of the story protagonist, it's hard to say, well, if I was in that position, you know, that it's, that's so dumb. I wouldn't be doing this or saying this or acting like this or whatever. But Mm -hmm. when you are, you know, able to contribute to the way the story progresses when you're playing video games. That is, you know, narratively based video games speaking. Um, mm-hmm. it, it hits you different. I think that's very important, culturally speaking, for games to be around.
0: I love that. Yeah. Um, so let's take a step back. Obviously, you you came to this conclusion over many years of gaming, right? Uh,
1: many so what- <laughs> All twenty nine have been spent in isolation pondering.
0: <laughs> so, uh, tell me, what was your first introduction to gaming?
1: Oh God, probably like solitaire on Windows ninety eight or some shit. Mm-hmm. I, if I had to, if I had to think back, um, like. <laughs> oh I think uh, what was my introduction to gaming probably Pokemon related if I had to take a safe guess, you know, like the go to making friends as kids, right? You know, you either you knew your Pokemon shit or you're playing like hopscotch in the corner with the rest of the nerds. Am I right?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Trading the illicit Pokemon cards on the playground.
1: Oof, yeah, you know, I went to Catholic school, so those things might as well have been devil rectangles. I know, I felt so cool. You know, the underground <laughs> trading system—it's changed me into the so, criminal adult I am now. Um, I, I was, I was a weird, awkward kid. Um, I, I hope no one else can relate to this, but I certainly was, and uh, it can be hard when you're weird, you feel weird to feel like, what do I have in common with any other kids? They're cool. I wanna be the very best like no one ever was. Maybe some other kids mm-hmm. wanna be that too, you know? So it helps bridge bridge that awkwardness socially. And um, th- that's at least why I was like, okay, this this video game thing, this Pokemon Gold type thing. This is life from now on. This is the route in which I will (laughs) cultivate friends, cultivate hobbies, and, you know, what can I say? The rest is history.
0: I love that. Um, (laughs) So with that in mind, what are your favorite kind of games and why?
1: What are my favorite kind of games? Um, uh, Ironically, not ones that are very (laughs) social, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> like single player experiences. But I like talking about that kind of stuff with friends, you know, especially yeah. uh, types of games where um, your your input can uh, drastically affect things. So RPGs are a lot of fun for that reason, where I can talk about the exact same game with a friend and their experience is so wildly different. And you feel like, well, oh, shit, I'm, I'm missing out. I got to try uh, A, B, and C now. And it, it is very exciting. So I, I'm super into that. Um, oh man, I feel like I feel like I'm talking my brains off about myself. What is your type of favorite game, Claire? <laughs> I need
0: to know. Um, it varies a lot. I'm a big social gamer, so I think RPGs are probably one of my favorites, but I play the like collaborative ones more often. Hmm. Um like tabletop is my jam. But
1: I've been burned on too many group projects from school <laughs> to try and form form a team, an A team. They end up as Zs so, just, so much. You
0: just have to assume that everyone's going to be a Z, and that's the fun. <laughs> it's hmm. fine. There's, there's you not go really... into it with
1: Z mentality. You come out <laughs> strong. I like that.
0: Um, so uh, tell me next about a gaming experience that was significant to you, and why?
1: Sure. Um, Well, growing up, I actually had... Uh, the blessing and the curse to um, work at a video store when I was around like between 10 and 13 years old. Um, my mom owned the video store and very cool to just be surrounded by all the games that I technically didn't own, but could totally play. And <laughs> it was, it was, it was the dream. So um, being there every weekend, uh Eventually, when the, the big green box with the big X on it came out, uh, mm. I I was one of the fortunate kids to get one. And it was my uh, rectangular box, uh, Pride and Joy. So <laughs> I, I brought that thing into the video store. And uh, eventually Mortal Kombat matches became a regular thing. Very very into Mortal Kombat around that age. And I I really liked that experience because I feel like um, at that age, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a way to continue to make friends, obviously. But um, when customers in the video store would come in, you know, usually they would bring in like their kids, some, you know, sometimes around my age, so I get to know these regulars pretty well. And eventually, Some of the kids, mostly the boys my age, I noticed weren't really interested in like my movie recommendations until I started like winning Mortal Kombat matches. So that was that was interesting. Um, and, and like even like my mom at the time uh, didn't really consider my like video game hobby really valid until those kids parents started coming in more often and would want to rematch the girl who's really good with Ermac and in, in Mortal Kombat Deception. So so that was huh, I would call that significance because um, definitely people treat you differently if you have a skill that they respect and mm. people treat your hobby differently if they consider it to have a practical value. So that, you know, playing ro- loading up Mortal Kombat chess, I feel like has given me some perspective as an adult on those things. I, I definitely carry that with me.
0: That's interesting. Um, it's almost like you feel like you have to justify your hobby in a way, right?
1: Right. To feel yeah. Valid. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. Like. Uh, Like as an adult now, I can kind of understand. Like, all right, you feel more pressure to get the most value out of your time, and Mm -hmm. it's just considering what you consider valuable. You know, do you consider like okay, just the time you're explicitly earning an income valuable, or is it also valuable to say this block of time is just for the improvement of my mental health? So, you know, it depends. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing that.
1: Um
0: I don't know how to follow up on that story. That's a great that's a great story. So and I basically, think
1: that- Ermac is the coolest Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> he has a big axe and his eyes are green. I like green, it's a pretty cool color. So What's your favorite Mortal Kombat character, would you say, Clara?
0: I actually haven't played since I think Sega Genesis. And I used to main Sonia because I really liked that she could break people's necks with her ankles.
1: I respect that Mm -hmm. in a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: that was my first introduction to powerful women in video games, probably.
1: Sindel demands to be heard, truly. (laughs) She's the one that she does the scream. She does the scream and your head does the explode. And I also feel like that is a trait worth admiring. Mm -hmm.
0: We have to have our role models.
1: Totally. (laughs)
0: Um, I have to ask because you work in video gaming. Do you have these kinds of conversations at work with other people?
1: <laughs> you know, I, I hear, you know, you hear horror stories online about how the game industry is an extreme, uh, boys club and, you know, uh, being a hashtag girl gamer is going to come with a lot of defensiveness because you got to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal experience at work what is so much not that, it it fills me with joy. Like these are all just a a like-minded group of nerds that um, could care less if, you know, I gotta hold my controller an extra foot away to accommodate the boob space. And, you know, we we all get along pretty well. I, I'm thankful in that regard, not to discount, uh, unfortunately, a lot of female devs that do have that shitty experience.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to hear that's been your experience. It totally is. Wonderful.
1: It is, you know, the times they're changing, which is nice.
0: It's good. Well, I think that wraps up for the love of the game for us today. Thanks for playing. Uh, For the love of this
1: new segment. That was
0: great. Perfect. (laughs) So uh, we're going to take a quick break before we get to the campaign, um, which is where we're going to talk about RPGs, escapism, and representation today. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Replay. Uh, We are here today with Anna, who uh, works on Madden Mobile with EA. Um, And we are getting ready for today's campaign, where we talk about RPGs, escapism, and representation. So let's just jump right in. Um, Anna, what are RPGs? There might be people who don't really know what we're talking about.
1: Oh my golly gosh, aren't you in for a treat. If you don't know what an RPG is, welcome to your new favorite genre of games, because... Holy cow, aren't you sick of being stuck inside your home, staring at the four walls that surround you, (laughs) feeling as though your morning, noon, and night has become this monotonous drudge? Guess what? Role playing games are here for you. A game where you yourself can step into the shoes of somebody else for just a little while and play whatever amazing, excellent adventure that particular game has to offer you. It is the pinnacle of escapism. I highly recommend it.
0: Well, I know today we're specifically talking about video games. Um, So I don't want to discount that role playing games, RPGs come in a variety of forms, right? From uh, tabletop, which is probably where I play the most RPGs, because there's so much flexibility, to, uh, I mean, anytime you can think of that you're role-playing, right? Anytime you're getting into the head of another character and that's the story that you're playing out, that's a role-playing game. Um, Oh, yeah. So you kind of hinted at this, I think, but why do you play RPGs?
1: Oh, why not to play RPGs? Essentially... (laughs) I feel like I get the most out of my time investment, because, you know, RPGs are also the biggest time sink in terms of, Oh yeah. The, I would say that genre is pretty hardy, you know? I've mm-hmm. got some JRPGs that have taken larger swaths out of my life than, like, romantic relationships, so I, oh, I God. would, yeah... <laughs> so i i definitely enjoy the the slow burn that um, a long form journey you know has has to offer storytelling wise obviously i'm very narrative interested um, and i just think that it is cool to have an option where you can create like an idealized version of yourself or even an idealized version of just a character idea you have you know um, mm-hmm. I have so many D&D character sheets of, you know, cartoon characters that might have been at the time. Uh, but, you know, it is, it is an outlet creatively as much as it is an enjoyable hobby experience, for sure.
0: I love that. Um, I think it's interesting that you're calling out RPGs where you do get to create your own character. Um, I like to say that my favorite RPG one of my favorites of all time, it's like picking your favorite child, is The Witcher 3. And that one, you don't get to choose yourself. You have to play the, the you know, oh, sexy man. ancient Geralt with the long hair that he ties <laughs> up. And it's beautiful.
1: Please toss a coin to our gender diversity.
0: Please. <laughs> um so, yeah, so I think it's interesting, right? that you call out games specifically that you have some say in kind of what you look like and what your character is. Um, why it do you is cool? Why <laughs> do you think you're attracted to those kind of games?
1: Well, like like I said, I feel like if this is meant to be um an avatar for yourself, it's cool just to have those options, right? You know, if you want to, say, take advantage of the flexibility a story with options has to offer, and it is I think um not something to discount just the value of saying like okay my way through the world is going to look and act like this and my you know decisions are going to impact this specific character that like I I have some say in and I I care about like even more than than say uh you know uh, a character that is outlined as you know like this is the character for the story that being said i like those options when the story is applicable regardless you know mm-hmm. uh, i i wouldn't say that that should be like a hard and fast rule for like every rpg game um like for example if your outward representing gender uh is crucial to the character journey Absolutely. There should be a, okay, this, this is the way we intend you to um, experience this game is through the eyes of this specific character. Like, uh, for example, I don't know if you've played Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Aloy, the main character, uh, is a woman, and it, it matters because a lot of the world building is part of this matriarchal society. Uh, Aloy mm-hmm. experiences sexism from other tribe members that care about that shit when there's like robotic dinosaurs on their ass for some reason so it it is something that would be a different kind of story if the character was different in that way you know Mm. so so for that i'm like okay that that makes a lot of sense but if you know if i'm in fucking what's a good example uh dragon (laughs) age yeah if i'm in dragon age Mm -hmm. no one gives a shit if my particular inquisitor has a cool purple mustache, you know I'm already gonna romance Cullen anyway. And you <laughs> already know that he's not gonna care because he's not the kind of person to care about outward appearances that way. Cullen is such a good guy.
0: There are, um, I, I have to process this with, I've never actually played Dragon Age, but I am approximately familiar with many things about it because it's so talked about, right? And I've seen- Oh wow,
1: have you heard of elves? I have once or twice. <laughs> Dragon Age expert in the making. Amazing.
0: (laughs) Uh, So one of the things that I've always heard about Dragon Age is that there are certain characters that you can't romance based on your gender that you choose at the start.
1: That is true. And, you know, uh, there should be some level of impact there uh, because, you know, you're you're making a decision to say, like, okay, I want to play this as a male character. And I think that it is cool that you are keeping certain NPCs like, okay, we don't want to just blanket say like, okay, these are all bisexual characters. Mm-hmm. These characters, you know, they are this way and they will treat you a certain way, either romantically or non-romantically, depending on how you are representing, kind of like life. So I, I don't think that I see that as a problem. I think it's just basically the game acknowledging like you have flexibility here. There are going to be repercussions for that. And you can experience both sides Did you choose to play the game more than once you know
0: that's a really interesting perspective let's move on shift gears a little bit uh sure. you've also mentioned escapism and how that's really important with like the immersion that you feel in rpgs mm-hmm. um so why is escapism important to you
1: i feel like like especially when you are sitting down to put some serious time into your hobby. Um the the benefits that you would get out of enjoying your video game hobby, I think just becomes compounded like tenfold when the immersion is really good, you know? Like mm-hmm. like the intent is to sit down and relax and enjoy the content. Um, I personally feel like I get so much more out of the enjoyment when there is agency in what I am doing. It's not necessarily like, um, you know, other genres of games where the goals are pretty clear cut, you know, like a platformer or something of that nature that isn't extremely narratively driven, although, you know, very fun. Um, I feel like I can check out you know, a lot more Mm -hmm. when my mind is occupied on like some decision making that isn't just for myself. It's not for this character that I super care about, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I want to sit down and play game and feel like my relationship grew with something almost, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I'm sitting down and playing Mass Effect, I feel like, uh, yes, I was able to accomplish this chunk percentage of the game but also i came away with it like garris likes me a little more now this is great (laughs) news you know I, i i get a lot of fulfillment out of out of that experience so um yeah do you do you put
0: yourself in the shoes of the character that you're playing or do you view them as something that's more like separate from you
1: Oh, I, I, I think it really depends on the game, especially if I want to be like a real dick. I don't want to necessarily <laughs> feel like I am the one saying, you know, I choose the mulch babies option, execute, order, kill. Like, I, I feel bad. I'm always like the pacifist run first type of person when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to feel like the character that I'm creating is an extension of myself. That's why I feel like it it is valuable to have some level of customization there. Uh, So you can really feel that way. Um, Or, you know, just feel like you're making a character that you would feel is the most appropriate for the story, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I I load into Fallout. Maybe I don't necessarily want to create myself one-to-one, but maybe I do want to create this, like, grizzled female hard ass with a mohawk because i know that the decision making in the game is going to reflect the character like that you know and i'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of that Uh, as maybe somebody else might say i'm going to make a very straight laced normal looking guy named greg and he's just (laughs) gonna walk around and he's gonna pick up every can in the wasteland that he sees and hoard it in his house because he's such a good boy like both are so valid ways to play and just being able to customize your character a little bit you can you can like put your brain into theirs easier that way yeah it
0: seems like it's a really easy way to um maybe represent skills or personality traits or whatever that you kind of aspire to and try it try it out in a way
1: it's kind of like you know guilt-free like you know the the internet gives you anonymity for better or for worse to be able to (laughs) to kind of like make an argument that maybe you wouldn't make with your coworker at work you know something you feel Mm -hmm. passionate about um it it is an outlet and you know games i think are, are the same way you know be an outlet to be a dick in the wasteland. You're allowed to. <laughs> but yeah, like um I think we're definitely talking about why uh customization is good, why RPGs are good. Um but like like why is it important, you know? Um mm-hmm. I, I I think that represent to say representation matters um is I, I feel like is, is obvious, but like okay why does it matter right it matters because you when you are not the like idealized hero for a lot of this content mm-hmm. it, it kind of feels like this isn't for you you know it it, it can feel that way sometimes so mm-hmm. like Like for example, you know, being a kid, being like a little girl, especially. um, I remember once I got a Barbie that was chunky. She was thick with two C's and I loved that doll. I had a doll that looked like me. I was a chunky kid, I had a chunky doll. Oh my God, it felt so good. She was the queen of my Barbie crew and all the other Barbies had to basically suck that shit up. It felt great so to feel that way in like this other form like 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 i can be the hero and it not be like oh that is like you're going for like a joke type of thing right like like no i want this character to be hero and also she's fat and also she is bald whatever you know like it yeah it feels validating you know like you can't just say that all of my um media needs to be starring like Nathan Drake essentially. You know? Like it, it feels like yes, you're you're allowed to play in this space and you're allowed to be who you want while you do it.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of us can probably relate to not feeling like we have a space where we do belong like that and that there's um I mean, you said, right, like you were kind of a weird kid. I was kind of a weird kid. We were probably all weird kids. It's fine. But that makes wow. it even more important to us to have a space where we are welcome, right? And where yeah. we are. Therapy
1: is so accessible right now to you guys. We will all be okay. It's cool.
0: <laughs> we'll get through this together. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that attitude. You're listening to Replay. We'll be back in a moment to talk more with Anna about where we, as a gaming community, can go from here with us. Welcome back to Replay. I'm your host, Clara Mount, and today we're talking with Anna Stavropoulos of EA Games about RPGs, representation, and escapism. All right, Anna. So how would you, maybe how would you recommend, I mean, you're in the industry, so I'm sure you have a really kind of behind-the-scenes view on maybe how this should happen, but
1: I've seen the sausage.
0: You've seen the sausage being made. How so? How would you recommend that um, the industry moves forward as far as like representation, particularly in RPGs? Because right, mm-hmm. that's, that's where that choice is really prevalent.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's just when that kind of thing is not included. I would not say that it is inherently from a malicious place. I think it is from either the the specific story they're trying to tell. Um, it a lot of like the world that they're building or whatever. Like like in my Horizon Zero Dawn example, it kind of hinges on this character being a specific way, and so that is why they're a specific way with the customization options being limited to maybe like like stats type stuff. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but just prioritizing it when you can um understanding that it is something that um like your the makeup of the people that will be purchasing this game and absorbing this content isn't so drastically one majority anymore you know like Mm -hmm. consider the full breadth of your audience And what they might care about and how they might be able to enjoy this role playing game in a variety of roles so prioritize making those options available in your games, you know, like like. The game creation process has a finite amount of resources, you gotta just say like it is important enough to put some some serious time and effort into it, because it will make the overall experience. Magnitudes more powerful, and we recognize that as the developer. So I think that it is the trajectory, certainly, um, also just narrative games that say, okay, um, we want to tell a story about this specific type of character, and this specific type of character historically has not gotten a whole lot of exposure um, in in the uh, the industry. So telling telling more. Um, personal storytelling to uh, un- underrepresented groups. Prioritize that. Don't mm-hmm. just say like, not enough of that group is gonna buy my game, but enough of my audience is gonna care about that story. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, the way you say it, it sounds really straightforward and like it should be a really simple decision. that Yeah, me- <laughs> man.
1: Basically, uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I will be receiving uh, grants donations after this to make this a reality. <laughs> Anna's, Anna's Cool Games will be launching, concluding this podcast.
0: Perfect. Um, so why do you think that that hasn't happened so much yet?
1: Well, I think that having the tools to just make this type of media is only somewhat recently as pervasive and accessible as it is mm. right now. So there is a huge diverse group of developers right now that can start providing some of that meaningful content when, you know, you look at a, a decade and more plus in the past <laughs> um, it was kind of like, okay, do you have the resources to fund a, you know, a huge team and then that needs to have like a meaningful return on that time investment you know like yes Mm -hmm. it is something that you want to get your creative product out to the world but also you want to keep the lights on so you know safer bets was the name of the game literally Mm -hmm. um so so i think that with that in mind um going forward, you know, things, things are only getting better. Unity is free. <laughs> Go download it and be <laughs> the change you want to see in the world.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that is easier said than done. Um yeah, but, but we know,
1: have- it's not just happening on the, on the indie level, like uh, a demon souls, you can choose your body type, which is, True. uh, yeah, which is nice.
0: So what do you think it says about our community or even just the industry? Um, that it seems like there is a shift happening, right? That there is a shift towards putting more resources towards this sort of inclusion with your characters um, and representation. What do you think that says about the industry or about the gaming community?
1: Um, I think that it is, I mean, like the trajectory, it it feels good, you know? Because the the industry was built on uh, appeasing a very niche group of you know video game players and also the the broad assumption that like people who maybe weren't you know like uh 25 and under male would even give a shit about games um Mm. clearly not the case uh we like i said earlier um the prevalence of tools so that people can just you know pick up a a, like, not even a very robust computer, like a medium quality computer and just start, you know, hitting the ground running on whatever uh, story they wanna tell. So it's, it is exciting and having the platform to not just say, okay, you can make it. You can now also share it to everybody. You can, you can compete without, you know, Obviously you don't have the marketing dollars of AAA but you aren't just a a nobody in the void, you know, feeling like you're shouting into <laughs> nothingness, you know? Like your your people are there and you can reach them and mm-hmm. it is it is very meaningful.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of platforms like Steam that have gotten so prevalent and they have so many indie games and they make it so easy for these independent developers to what you're saying, share. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally. And I think my perspective, at least, I don't know if you agree, is that that a lot of that probably comes from technological advancements that we've seen. Um, And a lot of, as we advance in technology and as some of these studios have literally written the code to make this happen, that's paving the way and making it easier for other people to then use those assets or to use um, that knowledge, those like best practices or whatever. Um, Right. So it makes it more cost effective.
1: Right. And plus plus what becomes successful, you know, can also be very telling. Like, um, yes, people do care about a game where you have the option to not hurt anybody. And also that character's gender is never defined because it actually doesn't matter. It is it is a slate for you to jump right into game. Of course, I'm speaking of is Undertale. It is so, so good. Mm, People people are just throwing things out there and we're we're eating it up. We don't all want to feel like we are committed to the same types of games year over year. Mm -hmm. Um, Your niche story has an audience, you know, you just need to, you just need to put it out there and find it.
0: (laughs) Do you have any recommendations for how to influence people to continue on that trajectory towards more representation?
1: Um I mean in our capitalist society it is said you vote with your dollar so <laughs> uh, I would say um, if you are interested in supporting that kind of creative work mm-hmm. if you are dissatisfied with the mainstream games that you know you just as maybe like a casual game hobbyist would be exposed to either you know on, TV commercialized or whatever. Uh, consider some avenues that is more indie friendly. That maybe there are uh, games told by, you know, other perspectives that don't get a lot of daylight because they are buried in Steam somewhere. Consider that stuff. I certainly love loading up my, even just like on my Nintendo Switch, you load up great deals. There is mm-hmm. so often. Indie Gems on there, and half the time I'm playing on there, like, I, I just finished playing a game. Uh, it's driving me crazy that I don't remember the name. It's, like, 2065, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you play as a sweet little robot that is gaining sentience for the first time. And, Aww. yeah, and, and like, it is something that I would have never in a million years come across unless I was actively looking for that stuff. So it it is there. You just gotta you just,
0: just gotta look, look for it yeah yeah and be willing to put your dollars towards the things that you think matters right
1: exactly yeah and then you know like the bigger studios will see that you know mm-hmm. indie smash hits that pick up an insane amount of steam you know that success is not discounted and it ripples out into the rest of the industry to say like okay this is what gamers value this is what we should value
0: That's amazing advice. I've never thought of it that way. Thank you. Thank you. Me neither until I just said it. (laughs) Sometimes you talk into your ideas, right? Yeah. Um, Well, I think that that kind of, that's a really good note to end on. Um, So at this point, I just want to invite you, are there any other closing thoughts that you want to share with us um, and the listeners out there?
1: um you know talking with you today about this very important subject um and considering it i think i have to actually backtrack i'm pretty sure scorpion is my favorite mortal Kombat character <laughs> actually i'm so sorry i'm sorry redacted 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 It's scorpion i'm so sorry we'll edit it, it
0: is it because of the get over here
1: yeah i think so it's it's yeah. like it's it's powerful mm-hmm. basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like. I, it took a journey to realize that. So I just, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you. Um, I think you've given us some really good insights into kind of an industry perspective, but also obviously you're a player and you love games. And so you have that perspective when you're doing your work and when you're thinking about, um, this community and what it means to all of us um oh my god i love hanging
1: out with you guys this is so fun yay Uh, Yay. that,
0: that is my hope i hope everyone enjoyed listening to it and i hope they're able to take away something about um rpgs why games are important why representation is important and how we can uh move the industry that way together thanks for listening i'll be back again soon with another episode You can find episodes of Replay and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Replay is a VMG original and is created, hosted, and produced by Clara Mount. The show is executive produced by J.B. Adams and Gerard Mitchell, with sound design by Aaron Trinka and original music by Bison. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite media channels and check out Bison's other tunes on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. Extra special thanks to all my listeners for hanging out with us today. Keep on playing and remember, you're always welcome at this game table.